Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all of the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel film and TV shows. Our panel today is our usual crew. We've got Adam. Hey guys, what's going on? Adam Barnhart. Oh, I already messed up. It's been a long week. I'm on Twitter, at Adam Barnhart. I thought maybe you forgot your name for a second. <laughs> I did. I was like, wait, I thought that was his actual I actually name. did. One of these weeks you're going to be like, and I'm Caitlin. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right, Rhiannon, uh, you're obviously with us as well. And I have reasons to forget my name. I am on Twitter as Brooklyn Wallace, but my handle is at Shot of Patron. And I am Caleb. I am on Twitter at Caleb A. Borchers. Uh, Borchers, B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. Uh, we want to encourage you guys to subscribe to us on YouTube uh, via watch.marvel.newsdesk.com. Also check out the second podcast in the Marvel News Desk family, AP Marvel. Uh, this week's episode is all about the Fox properties and how Marvel can fold them in now that that deal is done. Uh, up top at the beginning of the show, we want to kind of announce that we are going to do a cool um, giveaway for people who uh, are following us on YouTube. So as you guys know, we've been trying to build that up. So if you would like, uh, we have, Rhiannon has procured for us via San Diego Comic-Con um, some copies of Deadpool and Deadpool 2, the Snyder Cut, or whatever it's called. It's not the Snyder Cut, but you know what I mean. It's the super, it's the super duper cut. The super duper cut. Uh, Just don't ask where I procured them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's Deadpool. I had to put a dirty joke of some sort in. So, um, that's going to be, we're, we have a few of those that we can give away. Um, we're going to go ahead and do that based on people who follow us on YouTube. So, uh, go ahead and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Again, that's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Um, we are not totally sure as we record all of the details about how that's going to work, but we will know by the time this episode hits the air. So look at the description on the show notes or go to marvelnewsdesk.com and check out this pod. Uh, we'll probably do a maybe just an article by itself on the website as well. And we'll explain how we're going to do that. So, uh, but it's really cool. Uh, it's in partnership with voodoo, I believe is the, yep. the service. And so, uh, it gives you a copy of both the original Deadpool and the super duper cut of Deadpool two on the day it comes out, uh, via the voodoo service. So we are happy to get those to you guys, but, uh, go ahead and start following us on YouTube today. So you do not miss out. All right. All right, guys, we're a little, uh, I won't lie, we're a little light on content this week. So I'm going to start out with a funny anecdote that I experienced today. So I go to the comic books. I'm, I'm across town, which in Rhode Island means 10 minutes on the other side of the state, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm at a meeting and I'm near a comic shop I kind of like, and I'm looking for a few things. So I go into the comic shop. And part of what I was looking for is some old copies of Eternals comics. Since I know that movie's coming and I don't know the Eternals well. So the guy at the checkout is checking me out and he goes, oh, you're into the Eternals. You, you just kind of go and reading through them. And I'm like, yeah, the movie's probably going to be coming somewhat soon. So I want to catch up on what this is all about. And then he in a very authoritative voice goes, no, they're never making that movie. And I was like, in my brain, I'm like, dude, I know they're making the movie. Like, you know, we've seen yeah, enough stuff. We've right? seen like the trades report on it. 
And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I know that they've got some screenwriters I'm sh- already signed up, and that you know, it seems like it's in development. He's like, dude, Marvel's got like it's all condescending. Marvel's got like sixty-eight projects in development, man. That's never gonna make it. And humans failed, so they're never gonna do internal Eternals. And for just a moment, I almost lost myself. I almost was like, do you know who I am? I'm the host of Marvel <laughs> News Desk. <laughs> I know, I know what's coming out. I know what's being developed. And then I realized how ridiculously um, full of self and ridiculous, and I really don't know that much more than the comic book shop guy. So I stopped myself in the last minute before I went on a weird rant that was going to get us angry tweets or something. But for just a minute, I was like, dude, I'm a member of the credentialed media. I think I know (laughs) what is going to be produced and not produced. So I I let it go. I figured I didn't want to be persona non grata at this comic shop. But I kind of want to go back in the day it's greenlit by Feige and just hold my phone up and be like, see, I told you. And he's going to be like, who are you? What are you talking about? So, (laughs) And then you're like, I'm Adam. Barnhart. <laughs> yes, <understand>. right? <laughs> hey, do you guys know what's uh, up with all these death threats I'm getting on Twitter? <laughs> Something about the Eternals. After us talking about looking a little bit like each other last week, it'd be funny if he pulled up the website. He's like, I'm not sure one of these two idiots came yeah. into my comic shop, but I don't remember which one. Uh all right, that's my humorous anecdote of the day. I think it gave us a full two minutes of content more, so yay. Let's <laughs> we'll jump into the news. Uh, the big news that we're going to talk about a bit right now um, is that Fox and Disney, have the shareholders have agreed today. They are definitely doing this deal. I think this is the point of no return. I've thought that before, though. <laughs> Uh, it seems like it's pretty set. Only things that have to happen is Fox still needs, or Disney will have to sell off the 20 or so regional sports channels, uh, you know, stuff like the Yes Network in New York City. Um, so that still has to happen. And there's still a few hoops for regulation, but both shareholders uh, have voted and they agree that this is the deal they want. And there's talk that it will close um, early 2019. I'm not sure exactly what that means i've closed on a house i guess they have to sign lots of paperwork or something um i i went the same place i'm like do they need to do a homeowner's inspection (laughs) right check the foundations yeah when i first when we first got into buying a house we're like so when do we buy it and they're like well you'll get an agreement of sale and i'm like oh so we buy it then they're like well not technically and i'm like well what do you okay you know, like, there's all these weird steps. Anyway, when... Okay, Adam, we've talked about this a little bit. When do you think we will actually hear from Marvel concerning these properties? Like, are we going to have to wait till this thing closes? Are we going to get something earlier? What do you think is the wait time for what's going to happen with the Marvel stuff? So now that both shareholders uh, agreed to the sale, and now that the, the D- DOJ has said that they're pretty much all right with it, the only thing... We're waiting for it. it has to go before a federal judge, right? Which I would guess the federal judge doesn't have a problem if the Department of Justice doesn't have a problem. Um, but I mean, what's stopping them? Uh, so Fox knows that that they have now been sold. What's stopping them from making one of their talent trades that they have before, 
you know, what's what's stopping them from saying, hey, just go ahead and use this stuff right now before the sale's done. You can trade us the Inhumans, you know, or something like that. You know, what's, I guess, what's stopping them from doing that right now? Avengers Force probably, I mean, I mean, one would anticipate that's bigger than Infinity War, right? So, I mean, for me, and, and I, I'm being totally super selfish, for me, it just seems like Avengers 4 is way too big of a movie to not at least have some sort of very minute teaser, whether it be Fantastic Four or X-Men. You know, we always go back and forth that, that Feige doesn't know or can't, you know, write a script with these characters or something. But, yeah, I mean, the guy's got to have thoughts on what he wants to do. So whether, you know, like one of the post credit scenes of Avengers 4 is like a command central station at, at NASA and they say, oh, no, we lost the those four people or, or something like that, you know, that's, that's a clear nod to the Fantastic Four without being a nod to the Fantastic Four. You know, it's just, I mean, for me, it's hard to see them go through Avengers 4 without at least some sort of nod towards the, the, the Fox properties. Yeah. Um, our legal expert is in the live chat, Michael T. Ford. And uh, he was saying that one of the big issues still is international regulatory approval. So, you know, they still have to get some different international organizations to say this is okay as well. I don't think that's going to be a problem, but it's just something that has to be taken care of. You know, Adam brought up an interesting point that I can't believe there's any angles we haven't covered yet. But is there a chance that they keep some of these Fox universes and bring Marvel characters into them? Like they've, are, uh, yeah, like the X Men are inconsistent as can be. So why couldn't Black Bolt show up with the X Men? <laughs> There's great sadness <laughs> welling up in my heart at the thought of we're going to screw Black Bolt up again. <laughs> That's actually the uh, Dark Phoenix reshoots oh, going on my. right now. They're actually ah. in space and they accidentally run, they crash land into Adelan. So it's actually X Men versus Inhumans. Wow. Dun dun dun. Poor Caleb. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Adam, that I, I think that a post-credit in Avengers 4 is really possible now. Like, let's say they, you know, finish the deal in April. They say early 2019. Um, They don't have to cast anybody. They don't have to write a ton of script. They just have to know they're going to make a Fantastic Four movie. And, like, I don't know, like, I have, this is in my head, it's always been, like, they'll be, like, the president, like, you know, decompressing on the the Infinity War stuff with his generals. And, like, what happened? What did we lose? And they're like, oh, we lost so many people in New York. And, you know, when the spaceship came in Wakanda, we had a couple of agents that died there and here and there. And also, we had a spaceship um, that was clipped by one of Thanos' um, ships. And we had four people on, bo- on board and it seems to have been lost in a fantastic explosion. And then just, you know, like, and that's it. And it's like, oh, yeah, there we go. Like, can you imagine if they nail Infinity War Part 2 or Avengers 4? Everybody's loving it. They do a mid-credit that's kind of funny. And then they get the end credit and they tease the Fantastic Four. The roof would blow off the place. And it's totally possible now. Like, that could happen. It is. Absolutely. Uh, Rhiannon, do you have any um, hopes? Like, I know we've talked about this a bit. Are there, uh, is there something you're really wanting to see from 
the uh, Fox group of characters um, that's now possible that wasn't before? Something that you're real excited for Kevin Feige to get working on first? Okay, so they have X-Men, they have Fantastic Four. Are there others? Well, I mean, obviously, I it, it's back to the Stanley handing off the reins to Deadpool. That's that's always been one of my wishes of this. Um, are there any other groups of characters that they have beyond Fantastic Four and X-Men? I mean, I would consider it within Fantastic Four, but um, some cosmic stuff. So Silver oh, Surfer yeah, yeah. is going to become available to them. Um, also, Super Scroll is a possibility. Before, they could have the scrolls, but they couldn't have Super Scroll. Similarly, they couldn't have the wa- they could have the watchers, but they could not have you ought to, and now they can have you ought to. Um so yeah, there's there's kind of I think the Badoon maybe. I mean, I don't think anybody's looking for Badoon invasion. Yeah, that yeah, that's why that's why in Guardians they had to they had to call them Sicarians. And that's why now that we saw Sicar, why does Taika Waititi's Sicarians look different than the ones in the Guardians? Because they're not really Sicarians. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't have anything very specific I'm looking for, but I am anxious to see. I don't know. I mean, I'm not looking forward to another X-Men world, um, but I, I'm interested on the cosmic side. What they, I mean, because if you had told me about Guardians, I never would have gotten excited about it. So... Um, I want to see what they do on the cosmic side, but no, no, I don't have it. You know, I mean, I could say I'm excited about Fantastic Four, but that's because you guys have gotten me excited about Fantastic Four. I mean, if you think about it, Fantastic Four has maybe four of the the best comic villains of all time. I mean, you have Galactus, you have Doom, you have Kang, you have Annihilus. Oh, I want to see Ladveria. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see, I could see almost like a world, like Marvel World War kind of situation where like you build up Latveria and you've already got Wakanda. Um, and then particularly if we mess with like Atlantis, you could give Magneto, Genosha, you know, like create all these different nation states that are super powered and then just let them go at it. Like to me, it's going to be hard to up the scale from Infinity War. And so the way you make it smaller but still epic is maybe have all these sort of superhero countries against each other. And then in the middle of it all, Galactus shows up and they're all like, oh shoot, we've got to work together now. You know, like it does seem Silver Surfer and Galactus are the scale that would allow you to go up from Thanos. I don't I mean, People probably feel differently about that, but I mean, to me it's up from Thanos. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. I wouldn't... I... Truth be told, I would like, when we see Silver Surfer in the MCU, I would like him to be a former Herald of Galactus. So right away, he's not not a bad guy. He's kind of the old washed-up guy, and someone else is his Herald, like Fire Lord or something like that. But I mean, Galactus is a must. You would think he's probably the next build-up villain like they have done with Thanos. I mean, I would guess he's not a one-and-done. That would be super disappointing. Now, this is something, again, that we've discussed, I think, before, but we've had more time to reflect on it, and I think it's worth asking. With all of these properties coming back, 
you would assume that even if they give them a two or three year break, they want X-Men. Fantastic Four is around. We've talked about wanting a Doom movie. There's, you know, been talk that Feige loves the Silver Surfer and was going to want to put that in somewhere. Um, do you think the Fox deal is going to require more output? Is Marvel going to have to do four movies a year? Because it seems to me that the queue is getting real long. If we're ever going to get new characters and if we're going to allow sequels for Black Panther and Doctor... I mean, we've gone through this before, but if you look, there are already like six or seven sequel movies that they need for phase... Uh, if they're going to do trilogies for everybody, there's six or seven sequel movies that need to come. There's Fantastic Four. There's going to be a new version of Avengers, I'm sure. Like... Do we have to start seeing more films out of Marvel now that all these properties are sitting there? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, four or four a year wouldn't be too bad either. And, and that's the thing. I mean, now we're not even sure if Guardians 3 is something that's going to happen, you know. So while we still have Black Widow and Spider-Man Far From Home as the only official ones. I mean, one would guess we get a Black Panther sequel and one would guess we get a, a Doctor Strange sequel. But then again, they haven't done another big old film dump like before you know and i would guess this fox thing might have a little to do with it you know why why go ahead and announce the next dozen movies if you're gonna tweak that some and whatnot and coincidentally enough this deal should be closed by san diego and d23 right now they've talked about retrospectively feige had a spider-man plan and a non-spider-man plan right like even as they were in the midst of the Sony stuff and they didn't totally have that deal worked out, Feige had sketched out, if we get Spider-Man, this is how it's going down, and if we don't, this is what we're going to do. And so it would, be, it would be inconceivable to me that Feige does not have somewhere sketched out slightly how Phase 4 will be different with Fox properties and without them. So, so let me pose this question. With this deal closes and goes through the only... Well, I mean, you have the Hulk and Namor and, the, like, the Universal guys, but the only family of characters they don't own is Spider-Man. What's that going to do to the Spider-Man deal? Because one would think that the cost for Spidey just went through the roof, right? Because he's he's the lone character Marvel Studios doesn't have the full rights to. If I'm Sony, I'm asking for an arm and a leg. Or, you know, both arms and both legs, you know? The flip side of that is probably that... Sony probably doesn't have a chance to sell it anytime soon because, you know, like you get your paycheck and you, uh, you go out for a nice date with your girl. Right. And then next thing you know, you don't have a whole lot of money left in your pocket. Well, Disney just went out for a $71 billion date with Fox. And so there is uh, not as much money sitting around to buy anything anymore. I don't think. I suppose. All right, so um, part of this deal is for Fox. Uh, part of the reason they're doing the deal with Fox is to get more content for the Disney streaming service. We mentioned last week there was a title maybe that it's maybe going to be called Disney Direct. Um, and, you know, as we talk about content, that's going to be another avenue to do more content. Um, we started to see what DC is going to offer. Um, DC streaming service, Adam, you can help me. Have they announced three live shows and two animated for sure? Yeah, they've done. Um, they have done what? Titans, of course, Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing. But the thing that bothers me, they I think James Wan said it last week 
Um, Swamp Thing and Titans aren't in the same universe, even though they're on the same streaming platform. So that's you know that's just personal opinion. Uh, but yeah, they've announced the the three live action shows. Then they have announced uh, Young Justice Outsiders, and I believe a Harley Quinn animated series. And I think there's also been talk of a Star Girl live action, but that hasn't been totally. Oh, approved. so yeah, that's the no, yeah, that is confirmed. They announced that at San Diego. Yeah, so they are doing four four live action shows. So along those lines, Rhiannon, my question is. Assuming that you're only buying Disney for Marvel purposes, you're not just really excited to get a full catalog of Disney animated classes such as the uh, misadventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, as I am excited about. Um, <laughs> you're just purely buying for Marvel. Uh, how much Marvel content has to be on the D- Disney Direct service for you to be willing to shell out your money? Well, I guess that's a, a sliding question. How much are you willing to pay and how much do you got to get to get there? Well, so so DC is charging 75 a year for their service. And um, I actually went to their big, they had a big offsite at San Diego where they were pimping that service and just sort of, you know, they had some stuff set up to sell you on the idea. And... I don't even realize what I would be getting, and I was almost ready to fork over my $75. So, I don't know that it would take much to get me with Disney. Obviously, if they do the DC route, if they do the same route as that service, and, like, Disney decides to give you Marvel Unlimited for that yearly cost, I'm in, because I already do that. But, um, if it's just the Marvel stuff, I think i would you know and i don't know what their contracts are with everybody you know that's the thing too marvel's so spread out if they're putting their whole back catalog of marvel stuff and if they go the same route where they show show like the old incredible hulks and when they you know and show i don't know old spider-man and you could get like the whole spider-man animated universe you know we don't know yet what content is going to be on there um it probably wouldn't take much for me to get it. I know I was, I mean, but yeah, people with kids, I mean, I am not their target audience because I, yeah, I was just talking to my cousin a couple weeks ago and we're just talking about things. And I was like, yeah, and Disney's starting a streaming service. And he was like, I am there. And I was like, oh, you've heard about it. And he's like, no, but all you just had to say was Disney streaming. And, and he was in. So. Also sneaky detail. Most of the, if not all of the, Marvel animated interconnected universe shows from the 90s uh, that was they were all Fox cartoons so it would not Mm. surprise me if the total rights to all of that stuff is back if I could it would be bad if they put on the entire X-Men Spider-Man Hulk Iron Man Fantastic Four combined universe they did back then you won't see me for two months, man. I'm just going to be watching cartoons with my kids all day long. I mean, if you can just get all those, all of the Marvel movies from the past 10 years, it would be worth it to me. I don't own all of them. Yeah, and that's the thing. Are they going to put, like, the whole MCU catalog on there? Or... So they're not going to be able to do the whole catalog because they still have some contracts with Netflix they have to clean up. So, like, um... Gotcha. Captain America Civil War debuted at like Christmas of 2016 and it just left. 
and Avengers 4 they have a contract with. So Avengers 4 will go on to Netflix Christmas 2019, and I assume it'll have to be on there until summer of 2021. So they won't be able to put that on their service, I would think. So, But yeah, I mean, between the animated stuff, Pixar, they just announced Clone Wars. We dropped 20 or 30 bucks on it, I think, here. But Adam, do you have a sense of how much content you're hoping to get from, from Marvel on the streaming stuff? I'm not, no. It, like Rhiannon said, if, if they combine it with Marvel Unlimited... Um, and that's kind of what the sense I'm getting from, like, you know, this DC Universe thing. They announced the whole slew of programmings. They're going to add, like, the Linda Carter Wonder Woman to it. Um, you know, if they combine Unlimited with all this new content, I'm game. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, Star Wars. What the, I think John Favreau's series is for the streaming service, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have original Star Wars shows for it, live action. Um yeah i i would guess i mean if i had to pay it i mean i probably won't pay more than something like a a sling tv and i think sling is what 30 29 something 1999 the cheapest package i think yeah i if it's 20 bucks a month i'm in for sure just to i would guess that's where new warriors lands and i mean obviously they're going to have some sort of original marvel live action shows in the mcu so just got to see and uh, wait and see what those are. That's a great segue, Adam, um, for Runaways. So um, we found out just like hours ago that Runaways season one is going to start filming on free filming airing on Freeform next week after Cloak and Dagger. So it's been a Hulu show, but Freeform is now has the rights to broadcast air uh, season one of Runaways um, kind of in that time slot that Cloak and Dagger has been showing. Um, Rhiannon, do you think that's a good move on uh, Freeform and Hulu's part to kind of move that show and make it available to a new audience? Definitely. I mean, what do they have to lose? Um, I mean, is it starting next week? I missed that detail. It's starting... Oh, season one is going to come out. That's so perfect because the kids that are like out for summer vacation and they are tired of swimming and take, you know, this is the point in summer vacation where you just start binging TV. Um, I say not having kids, but when I was a kid, this was the point in summer vacation where, you know, I, I, I binged whatever was on. And, um, there was only four yeah, channels I back then, of... so to be fair. <laughs> back then. I mean, we didn't binge. I mean, you know, you had to sit through... Day... Never mind. Be kind to rewind, right? You had to sit through right? daytime television, and so you you watched The Price is Right 43 times, and, um, and be kind rewind, yeah. Kids, I'll explain that when you fully understand Zima. <laughs> <laughs> So, assuming kids still watch television when they're tired of summer, um, I think they could stumble on some new audiences. Now, Adam, I think when this hit, you and I both had some thoughts about what this says about other things uh, that have happened. Do you want to share any of those thoughts? Well, so, the the first thought is that the whole uh, scheduling conflicts is a whole bunch of malarkey right for lack of a better term because 
if why don't they have room for new warriors but they're debuting a show that's already run uh so that's the first thing obviously there's the powers that be must have wanted to i mean two things either free the show the pilot was bad and freeform didn't want to pick it up although i thought it was already ordered to series and two or two that the powers that be at marvel actually liked it enough that they wanted it for disney direct or what have you and then the second thing i thought of i can't remember if it was joe pakoski or a different producer um but they had already mentioned that they want to cross over with the runaways which makes sense because ty and tandy are runaways um or were runaways at, at some point throughout the comic mythos so that makes sense i mean they might have might have something obviously uh socal is a long way from new orleans so they would have to do some finagling there but yeah it's it's a good move by freeform just think of the the i mean cloak and daggers kind of got that underground shadow hunters s type movement brewing you know they have uh they certainly have a presence on twitter so just imagine all those fans getting exposed to runways if they have yet to see it the the new warriors thing continues to confound me because we've seen shows that don't get picked up from pilot and the cast goes away and starts new projects because yes. that's what you do when you're an actor and your show didn't get picked up. The cast is still, I mean, we kind of glossed over it last week. The cast is running around San Diego Comic-Con in New Warrior shirts doing basically guerrilla marketing for a show that doesn't exist. I mean, it's possible that the six of them just became best friends. But it seems far more likely that, like, this is going to happen and it's going to be real. And it, it more and more and more feels, now that we've seen that the excuses for why it can't be on Freeform are baloney. And, and now that they're still spending time, I mean, it seems to me to be a pretty obvious case that this is going to go on the streaming service. That they're big, that they think it's awesome, and they think that it's going to be a runaway hit to kind of kick off Disney's um, Marvel part. It's just the only way that this makes any sense, other than they just all became BFFs and have nothing better to do than to hang out together. Uh, it's It's got to be some sort of guerrilla marketing, like you said. I mean, they were all wearing the same exact New Warrior shirt, and I saw, I mean, who was it? Matthew Moy and Kate Comer and Callum Worthy were there one day, and they actually, one of my friends on Facebook's a comic dealer who was set up there, and... uh Milana Vaintrub? Milana. Squirrel Girl commissioned him to do a Squirrel Girl portrait, which makes sense because now she's voicing uh, Doreen in Marvel Uprising, Marvel Rising. Yeah, right. The new Marvel animated Rising. show. So that makes sense. But everyone else was wearing New Warrior shirts. And then the next day, uh, Jeremy Tardy's at San Diego wearing the same New Warrior shirt. And then you look at Instagram and Derek Thieler, Taylor Thieler. Mr. Immortal's wearing, like, a Mr. Immortal shirt, and I've been trying to find the Mr. Immortal shirt, just that big white eye with the blue outline, and obviously he got it special made somehow. It's just bizarre that that they're all doing this stuff, and they're tweeting and retweeting and, and taking all sorts of pictures and stuff, and it's not a show. You know, I, I just think it's weird. They apparently filmed a super secret pilot, and that's all we know at this point. This is weird. Super weird. Any thoughts on New Warriors before we move on, Rhiannon? 
you know, it, when you guys sent me the alert that they were on the that they were on the floor in San Diego, I, I just it was just confusing. So I really do hope there's something secret up with that, and that it's gonna and that we're gonna see it. It would be very disappointing if it was if they sold us that this was the best pilot that they've ever seen, and then like, man, we're not gonna make it. You never get to see it. Like, that's just kind of cruel, you know. I can't remember what's who wears their own characters' stuff out and about. You know, obviously, I don't see Jeremy Renner wearing a Clint Barton purple Arrow T-shirt. I feel like John Bernthal. It's kind of. Um, I and I think um, brain fart, Hulk. Yeah. Mark. Mark Ruffalo. I mean, Mark Ruffalo consistently comes to New York Comic Con. Um, and he does, he puts on a mask. And I think, I mean, I think he puts on random masks, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's there wearing a Hulk shirt or something. I also think Tom Hardy has an entire, like, wardrobe of Venom shirts now. I've seen him in several Venom shirts on social media. All right, Rhiannon, we've got a little bit of Netflix news. Claire is not going to be in Iron Fist 2. Um, I feel like it has become a weird... <laughs> Comic movie journalism continues to go into more and more interesting, ridiculous details. Like, here's how long the move... Like, we get the runtime speculation about movies. And the version of that for Netflix is now, is Claire going to appear or not in the Netflix shows? Uh, do you have any thoughts about Claire and her future, particularly the way she ended Luke Cage? No, I mean, uh, yeah, the way they ended Luke Cage, I think everybody's going to be expecting her to pop up everywhere. So, uh, how did the news... Sorry, I didn't follow the... Or maybe I did follow... Anyways, did she say she wasn't going to be in it? Or did somebody in Iron Fist say she wasn't going to be in it? Adam, do you know, I saw one of you post a headline that said... Claire is not going to be in Iron Fist 2, and I did not read the article. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I think it was me. I'm sorry, guys. And I remember following it because I wanted to see if they said anything about her future and the other shows. Like, if it was, you know, if that was the headline. So I did follow the link. I just don't remember what it said. Um... But anyways, I hope they give us more of an explanation because the end of Luke Cage, yeah, she didn't show up. No, she's not with Luke. But, um, okay, so this was from Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb said, you know, she'll be back when it, or, or you know, he, he gave a bunch of non-words about when she'll be around and when she won't, leaving the door open. Uh, but however, that door is open. The end of Luke Cage, while she didn't show up, she's in Harlem. You know, she was in Harlem's paradise. So they even sort of made it sound like, you know, Luke ran her off. So maybe she could end up back in Hell's Kitchen or the lower Manhattan neighborhood that they've designated for Danny Rand. Or, you know, maybe she's sharing an apartment with Jessica. I... I hope they address it further and it isn't just Claire's missing with no explanation. Yeah, I think there's two ways to see that Luke Cage finale too. Because she is supposed to be in Harlem's Paradise. 
but they also didn't shell yeah, out to actually get Rosario Dawson to appear corny. in the yeah. episode, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. And we don't know. I mean, maybe it was a scheduling thing. To be fair to Jeff Loeb, because we're nothing if not fair to Jeff Loeb. Um, <laughs> you know, like, it's possible that she was busy or whatever, so. Busy doing her luggage ads that she released this week. Rosario Dawson released, like, a series of advertisements for To Me Luggage. There you go. Her career is clearly taking off. Well, she just got <laughs> cast in, so I can't remember what she just got cast in. But something. Well, that cross-country, I mean, her family's in California. And she was having to be out in New York whenever they were filming. And a lot of actors have chosen to go be in luggage ads rather than away from their family on the other side of the country. So maybe this is somewhat her choice. And she's going to get cast in Yeah, Caleb, let's see your she's luggage ads, ads, bro. That's true. Yeah. I have no luggage ads <laughs> at all. I was on the evening news once. That is the entire film career that I have had. I was too, and I won Legos. I should find the clip because it's hilarious. They gave me a set of Lego, and I'm like, I lost it. <laughs> so this was when you were a kid? No, it was like last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was like, what was it? The fourth or fifth grade? We had like, a, I don't know, like a jamboree or something, and the news was there, and they chose. It was like, uh, it wasn't even real Lego sets. It was like the knockoff Walmart brand thing, but it was a badass dragon, and thus began my fascination with dragons. I was about to say, of course, it's a dragon. <laughs> what else could it be? Yeah, mine, uh, a dog bit a kid, and this reporter was, like, sensationalizing a war between dog owners and child parents. Yeah. I guess you're just a parent, but anyways, <laughs> between parents and dog owners, and so she, like, came up to me in the park, and she was like, how do you feel about the dog biting? And I was like, people have dogs, people have kids, they gotta get along with one another. And that was like the quote on the news was people have dogs, people have kids, get along with one another. So nice. I'm a I'm a peacemaker if nothing else. All right, one more bit of news, and again, this is probably the only week I would share this news. It's not really news. There have been rumors on a uh, fan forum that uh, X Men Dark Phoenix is going to get dumped and New Mutants is going to get dumped. And that New Mutants is so bad that it's like Fant4Stick bad. Uh, the X-23 was going to join New Mutants. Um, Deadpool 3 is going and X-Force are the same thing. They might title it Deadpool 3 X-Force. Uh, the Gambit is definitely not happening. And that the Celestials will be the way that mutants come into the MCU. That the Celestials will somehow change the nature of existence so mutants are here. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds posted something that said they talked to people that are working on the films and they are definitely not canceled. Uh, I don't... Uh, l well, let's play this game. Which of these things that you've heard me say sound like they would be true and which of them sound like they would not be true? Uh, Gambit not happening is true. <laughs> I That was my thought as well. Yeah. That was low-hanging fruit. Yeah. They're never making a Gambit movie. I'm yeah, sorry, no. Channing Tatum. Just deal with it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure not happening. New Mutants, though, isn't that, like, done? Haven't they filmed it? Eh, kind of, sort of. And refilmed yeah. it? And yeah, they gotta go it. back for, what, like, the six set of reshoots or something like that? 
Yeah, I mean, they put a lot of effort in that, not to just throw it out in the universe and be like, eh, maybe we'll make a couple hundred bucks in theaters. I have a hard time buying that they would throw out a movie that they've... I mean, there, there's money that goes into shooting and reshooting and reshooting. And it's not proportional to the amount of money you make, but at that point, there's not much to be lost by putting it out into the world. Especially when you know the universe, you know... What does what do they have to lose right now? It's not like they need their dignity anymore. Yeah, or a reputation. It's not like, you know, this universe isn't going to get rebooted or something. Yeah. So this there's to me that's the really interesting way to look at this. If I believed that Disney could legally stop them from putting out Dark Phoenix, I think they would because I think that the movie might end up making a big loss and it costs more to put it in theaters and to try to promote it and all that stuff and advertise for it. Uh, and also if it stinks, then it probably brings down the gross of the next X-Men movie that's produced by Marvel studios. So I could see, uh, I could see Marvel not putting it out, but as we said, Marvel's not going to, if this comes out in February, like it's supposed to, Marvel is not going to have control of that yet. Uh, and Michael T. Ford was very clear. Uh, we were talking in the chat while this was going on. The biggest thing Disney can't do is until the deal closes, they cannot do anything that would be perceived as hurting shareholder value for the Fox people until the, the deal is done. And so canning a $150, $200 million movie would probably count as one of those things. So, um, so yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm Disney, I would love to kill it. I was thinking about like, I don't know, like you do some work in your house, and then you have to sell your house because you got a new job, and you wouldn't rip up the work you did because you just did it. But the person who bought your house is like, I don't care, I hate this, and they'd rip it up. I kind of feel like that's that's Dark Phoenix. If Disney had the opportunity, I think they might kill it, but I don't think they're going to with the timetables we're talking about. So. So, and I still, I still think New Mutants is going to be on the Disney streaming service. I think that'll be delayed enough that streaming that online is definitely the way to go. So let's talk about Cloak and Dagger, guys. So this week, um, Cloak and Dagger uh, kind of reached towards their um, summit. This was the episode where uh, Father Delgado explains the uh screenwriting philosophy of the writers of the show uh before every segment so that you could see what was going to happen um and we had tandy kind of go spiral out of control and ty was really mopey and um agent o'reilly was not allowed to speak again uh, apparently her contract pays her by the word and so they just have her acting silently in a few uh episodes adam uh what'd you think of this week also, I loved I loved Delgado's monologue, if you could call it that. I was kind. I thought that was very interesting. And he's back. And he's back in that scene with him and Ty, in the uh, in his office. I love that too. Um, O'Reilly. Yeah, I don't know. That kind of confused me. I mean, it's surprising they'd let Connors out after after doing that kind of stuff. You know, um, I don't know. I, I Tandy's heel turn, if you want to call it that, 
Um, that, that kind of lost me a little bit, uh, but I totally understand it. I don't think this episode was as good as the two previous. Um, but holy twist at the end. I never saw that coming. I just watched it like an hour ago. What was the, the twist uh, at the end? Cops? I think something was after the cops too, was it? Oh, the cops coming. there. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, and they. Yeah. The cops are coming after Ty and Roxanne's coming after Tandy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have one more episode? Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed this episode, despite not remembering it. Um, and there again. It was two hours ago, an hour ago. I should remember it. But um, it just really, it seemed to move. It seemed to go back to some of that stuff from the beginning. It's still surprised. Um, if I was Tandy's boyfriend that had sat in prison all season, I probably would have destroyed her home too, no matter what it was. Um. It was interesting. I'm really interested. I, I'm ready for them to get together and be Cloak and Dagger. And we finally got our white carving. Um, so, you know, Ty, our Cloak one, got a 3D printer, but Tandy is, like, hand-carved. I wonder if that's relevant. So I, I do have a question. Why was Water Woman in the police station and why didn't Tandy stop her? Or did I miss something? I missed why Tandy was in the police station at all. Well, she was bailing and she used her money to bail out Liam. Oh, to bail out. And she looks yeah, okay. at the door outside the door and Water Woman's just like leaving the building. And she sees Water Woman leaving the building. She's just like, huh. Eh. Who's Water Woman? I'm really confused. Rick Gregg. Rest in peace. The uh, uh, Hitman. Hit Woman. Water Delivery Hit Woman. Assassinator. Oh. Water oh. Woman that shot Greg in the head and now has her mother held captive. That's a deep cut that I was completely unaware of. I totally missed. I missed that continuity, Adam. Yeah. Thank you. Water Woman's just like chilling outside the police station and Tandy looks at her. She's like, eh, oh, well, see you later. I was glad that there were some repercussions from last week because we talked about hmm. on the podcast. I felt like Tandy and Ty both had some really like lame half cooked plans for how they were going to get, you know, revenge on these people, particularly hers. That she was going to get face-to-face with Scarborough, and he was going to be like, oh, well, I'll give you some money, and I'm never going to follow up on that. So, like, when she got shot at, I was like, yes, that makes more sense. You know, like, this plot is is working a whole lot better now than when they attacked these powerful people and had total immunity or impunity. You know, like, it, it, I, I enjoyed that part, that they're starting to get payback for the things they did, so... I also um, would like to put walking barefoot through the French Quarter as one of the least <laughs> realistic things ever. Like, poor auntie would have so much glass on her feet by the time she went and did her little tic-tac-toe squares and spit her vodka, whatever she was doing. Maybe that's why she was getting all sorts uh, of woozy, because she had, like, 
hepatitis. Probably. <laughs> now, Probably. Rhiannon, I was going to ask, I assume that's not, like, in your times living in New Orleans, you never saw, like, a witch doctor, like, going around town trying to divine out, like, doing divination to figure out where they were headed by spitting alcohol, or is that something that happens from time to time? Oh, no, that was incredibly realistic. That was incredibly, like, you see that in New Orleans on every really? corner, just not barefoot. She'd at least okay. have on some flip-flops. I, I mean, but there really is. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I, I, I feel like that is something that people would not blink an eye at in New Orleans. Like somebody going down doing chalk drawings. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little. I, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit a part of. Um, there's some eccentric personalities in that city. And you just sort of get used to them being there. I mean, there's both sides. There's the people that sit and give psychic readings in the French Quarter, like outside of St. Louis Cathedral. Um, that that some of them may be legit, some of them may be not. Um, or some of them may think they're legit, some of them may not. I mean, but a lot of, yeah, a lot of... That's kind of what New Orleans is. Uh, that neighborhood of New Orleans well, I liked, too, that the show kind of had this idea that the dark force that's underneath the soil of New Orleans is the reason yeah. it's kind of a mystical place and the reason that there's all the voodoo there. It made the decision to move the show to New Orleans make so much more sense because that then ties in to Tyrone. And I was reading today that there's some kind of part of his character background that some comic authors have done that kind of went into, like, a demon called despair or something. So the idea that like the dark force and the supernatural in classic MCU style is kind of a combo of science and magic. I just thought that was kind of, that was kind of cool. The idea that new Orleans is different because there's this dark force energy that sits underneath the surface, you know? Definitely. That's, I mean, I've really loved that the rocks on twist where there's the zombies being created by whatever they're digging up and that it's um you know that's more than just they're an evil super mega corp it's it's that they're evil because they're like drilling out something mystical um i wonder if it's also in that big hole in runaways no those are dragon bones oh, oh okay but in reality in orleans it's just the heat it's just the heat that makes people a little bit <laughs> That's awesome. And we kind of now have a uh, somewhat of a timeline, right? Because Mardi Gras was happening during this episode. Uh, there were people... two people with Mardi Gras beads. That doesn't mean Mardi Gras was happening. No, no. I, there were two people and then someone was on the street with them as well. With Mardi Gras beads? Yeah. No. Or do people just wear beads all the time? I think drunk idiots do that yeah. all the time. Rhiannon could tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Taurus. Taurus always wear beads always it's kind of a shtick give the tourists a bead and then tell them they pronounce it nolens <laughs> ah. sorry guys those are tricks done to tourists to make them think they're acting like a local but no it's not mardi gras the the streets were way too empty when when voodoo auntie was going and spitting her vodka i had one other question when tandy well, first of all, how dark and twisted was it that Tandy was, like, vampiring people's hopes? 
and like getting high on them. Like I thought that was really, it was a great example of how dark and twisted the show goes. But then when she tried to do it to Ty's girlfriend and she was like, no, in the middle of the dream world, is she going to be powered? Like, are they going to make her like some kind of villain or antagonist or like, I think it'd be cool if she became a character on the show that had superpowers because of the voodoo stuff. Uh, that's a very interesting point because that actress posted something on Instagram today and I thought it was, uh, yeah, it pretty much confirms it. So she posted this picture. Uh, it's her of a doctor if you can see it. So the scene from the show. Noel, yeah. I don't know her. The scene from the show, she's a doctor. And she says, it has been such an honor to bring the role of Vita Fusilier to life. This has to be one of my favorite scenes this season. Not just because we get a little glimpse of Evita's powers and badassness, but because her hopes have nothing to do with the romance of a man. Ooh. So it's interesting you did bring that up because I thought that was weird that she mentioned powers on Instagram this morning. I'm like, well, we haven't really seen the powers but then you put two and two together where she's been the first person to stop or even acknowledge tandy and the visions or whatever you know outside of ty i've been trying to just google real quick if there's any evitas in the marvel universe but i'm not seeing anything specific um so yeah she's technically original and the hesses are original but what do you think about uh mina taking another heel turn too what happens if mina becomes mayhem no because she she broke bad now mm-hmm. she hey she killed that bee and she's all hippie and bio she, like she just flat out killed the bee uh, she has no hope oh yeah, she killed oh, the bee. yeah cause she's no hope she killed yeah. the bee on the I, I didn't take that as a change for her character. I took it as how badly Tandy messes people up when she takes their, their dreams. But that has to... I mean... Do they get their hopes back? Do they get dreams back? Or is that like a permanent... They become Eeyore forever. That's also kind of... <laughs> yeah. It's just setting up season two now. But that's kind of a uh, flip from the comics because isn't that kind of what... Ty does. Ty kind of has to suck their life out of them to live. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so if she can remove their hopes, can Ty remove their, like, greatest fears? Can he use his powers for good? So now New Orleans is just going to be half really, really sad people and really, really happy people. Maybe. Yeah, the showrunner I saw on Twitter was talking about um, Father Delgado, too. Like, he said that this episode had several almost origin stories in it. And so I think that'll be... I didn't realize apparently Delgado in the comics kind of becomes obsessive about Tandy and is somehow related to that Mr. Jip character we talked about last week and all that kind of stuff. Mr. Jip. Who would have thunk? I didn't even know that was a character. Yeah, I know. Me neither. Rhiannon, did you know Mr. Jip was a character? No. Does he, like, shortchange people? Yes. That's why, Adam, I said last week that I felt like it was, uh, it sounded like it was some kind of, like, racial slur or something. That's probably what it is. Because 
Because, you know, like, I have heard that, that that term is related to gypsies, and so I've tried to change that for my vocabulary. So. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I never... I'm not trying to make you look like a bad person on the podcast. I... All right, we've, we've lost too I many good people from social media someone's, responses yeah, to yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, you know, so it, now someone's going to get a hold of this podcast and we're all screwed. <laughs> It is funny, like, there are so many words in everyday language that have a basis in some sort of racism or degradation of a type of people, and you don't even realize it. And I think as Americans, you don't even think about gypsies like most Europeans do. I know gypsies is a much more heated issue in Europe with the Romani people, but um, yeah, okay, well, huh, Mr. Gyp. Yeah, I have to uh, urban dictionary a lot of words these days. Yeah. Especially when you guys like said dink in the Slack chat that one day, I'm like, that can't be right. Let's search what By which we meant dual income, no kids. That's what the context of that was. Yes. It's a legitimate acronym. That one I understand the basis of. Now, it's also a word that can be used for somebody who's just a dummy, you know? So that could be a bad one. I don't know. I wouldn't use it if the person is a dummy and also not tall. And because they might think that you're calling them dinky. Yeah. There you go. And I, I would just be careful. Anyways, we... we. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Urban Dictionary. <laughs> All right. So main conversation. We didn't have a ton to talk about. And so here's what we're going to do. This is a new idea. Tell us if you like it. Uh, we've got a list here of the biggest actors. Not all... We're going to leave someone out, but these are big time actors who have not appeared in the MCU. And we're going to fan cast who we would like to them to be in the Marvel movies. Right. So I've got this list. I've got uh, some ideas. The guys have looked at it ahead of time. Um, <laughs> we've got a list of big time actors um, and we're going to go through this and hopefully it's fun. And that's our main conversation today. So, all right. If Brad Pitt were to be in the MCU, who would you cast Brad Pitt as? Okay, I want some rules. Are we going with the current MCU? We're not bringing in the Fox properties, right? Uh, no, I would say now that, hey, the deal's official. If you have a Fantastic Four or X-Men yeah, character, done. use it. Okay, and are we recasting any of the existing? I mean, uh, like, could Brad Pitt be Star-Lord? I'm not doing that, but if you want to, we put no rules on it, so I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I like rules. Rules. So we'll say no, people. no. These need to be new characters. Okay. All right. You guys go on. I don't have an answer right now. Richard Ryder. That's like the clear-cut choice, right? Or is that just me? Uh, I don't know. I don't know Richard Ryder well. So. Brad Pitt as Nova? Oh, come on. I mean, Bradley Cooper's my ultimate choice for a Richard Rider, But if not, I mean, Brad Pitt would suffice. All right. Uh, Adam, you can tell me what you think. Uh, I'm going to go with Sentry. Brad Pitt has... Yeah, what? man. He's got enough acting chops that he could be, like, the mild-mannered, like, dad at home. And then he could be, like, the super buff good looking you know superman kind of guy i think he could work i was thinking kind of more like an ed norton type thing for that but i guess brad pitt's the 
What about Brad Pitt and Ed Norton? <laughs> there you go. That's funny. It's not like they've done that before. <laughs> that would be funny mm. if for century they cast Brad Pitt. And, and at some point someone's like, are you Bruce Banner? I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, any thoughts, Rhiannon, on, on uh, Sentry? On Black... Uh, oh, man. Any thoughts on Brad Pitt? I mean, I have lots of thoughts on Brad Pitt, but not in the MCU. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nor podcast uh, appropriate. <laughs> All right. Uh, George Clooney. So that would be more of my Reed Richards. Okay. Yeah. So I did have I did have him as my original Reed, uh, but I switched Reed later down on the list. So I chose Doctor Doom. I think he could pull that it too. off. I think he could be a bad guy, and he's certainly he's got kind of that old benevolent assholeishness about him. You know? Can he do a Latvian accent? That's Doctor Doom with the old brother where art thou accent. I think it would be funny. I mean, that not be serious, but uh, Doctor Doom, I'm a Doppler Don man. Anyway, um, oh boy, this is an interesting episode. So, Mike George Clooney, I'm breaking my own rules. I want to see George Clooney and Julia Roberts working together again as a couple, just like the Ocean's movies. But they play an older Black Bolt Medusa. Like the, uh, the regal, like you do a whole story where there's kind of this explosion of new humans. And there's the question of how the old guard accepts in the younger guard. And George Clooney can act well enough that he could not speak. And him and Julia Roberts have, I think, good chemistry. And I could see him and Julia Roberts as Black Bolt Medusa. With all due respect to Anson Mount and Serena Swan. I'm in. That works. All right. Meryl Streep. Not ever happening, but that works. Meryl Streep. I had nothing. I couldn't think of a single person. I'm like, oh, maybe Nova Prime, but maybe that's just because she reminds me of (laughs) I was thinking about that today, too. Yeah. But for the life of me, I I, I couldn't think of something. There's probably some really obscure, like a grandma eternal or something of that nature or like an elder of the universe but i couldn't think of anything for her. all right i'm gonna say madam webb the old like mystical lady that like gives spider-man guidance i mean part of that is just typecasting her as an old person but nonetheless i think meryl street could be an interesting madam webb aunt may there. all right this would be a fun one tom hanks I think we're going to have the same one because I feel like we've talked about this many times. Rhiannon, do you have an idea of who you'd want Tom Hanks to be in the Marvel world? Um, no, you guys go on with your ideas. I think Tom Hanks could pull off Beast. Oh, like a Kelsey Grammer kind of Beast? And it's not even... Yeah, kind of. I, I think he could pull it off. He just seems kind of... He can do that intellectual type stuff mm. plus the nameplate tom hanks mccoy oh mm. yeah it's like a before or after on wheel of fortune no, i didn't even think of that <laughs> yeah right no but i just I, I think i could pull off a beast so um i became enamored with the idea of uh father-son teams for father-son comic characters when we did this 
Tom Hanks as Norman Osborn. Like, I think it's time that Tom Hanks gives us a truly villainous performance. He could almost go into, like, the Woody voice for Green Goblin. And I think he could kind of get away with it, you know? And then Colin Hanks could be Harry. He's a little old for the Tom Holland version, but it would be... I could really see it. Is his son named Holland? Colin? I forget. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a lot. I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. All right. Denzel Washington. I feel like this one we've talked about as well. I I have a guess, Adam, what yours is, but tell us. What are you thinking? Blue Marble, for sure. Adam Bruce. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. He's he's the only one. If if they introduce Adam Brashear um, and it's not Denzel... Um, I'll be super disappointed. I'm really bad at this game. <laughs> so, my Denzel, I don't know, Tombstone? Like, just go ahead and let him be, like, his training day Yay! character, but just, like, let it go, like, another step or two beyond that. I think the idea of Denzel Washington whispering his lines would be really terrifying, you know? that Like, he's really calm, and then he just explodes in anger. Uh, you know, King Kong's got nothing on me kind of stuff. I I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see Denzel Washington go a little evil if he was in the MCU. So, uh, Anne Hathaway. Any ideas for Anne Hathaway? I have an idea. I don't think it's good, but I have an idea. Okay. Kitty Pride. Oh, I like that better than my idea. That's pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking in that direction. Like maybe even Jean Grey give her an elegant i'm still i'm still kind of remembering her oceans 8 character and so i had felicia hardy like uh, i think it's also because she did catwoman before yeah. like let her do black uh. cat um i don't know if it's a good idea i kind of like i like kitty pride better because i find kitty's a more interesting character now that she's kind of grown up and matured a little bit and all that kind of stuff yeah, but she still has that humorous or, you know, kind of that comedic tone at sometimes. I think that's the, uh, yeah, I think she could pull it off. She could have a pet dragon and it would be not weird, you know. All right, I've already given mine on this. Do you guys have any thoughts on how Julia Roberts could fit into the MCU? So I put Enchantress. Oh, okay. Do you feel like they haven't already used her too much for their version of Hela? Huh. I don't know. I, I think it would be more on on the end. Uh, I think they'd really kind of the mystic arts type aspect. I think Julia Roberts can pull that off, you know, put on the the robes and go to Kathmandu or wherever it was and do the sorcery type aspect of it. I think she could pull that off. It's funny. You got me thinking Clea now. Mm. When you start talking about mystic arts and stuff. She's maybe a little, this is going to probably sound really sexy. I was going to say she seems a little old for Clea, but I bet she's exactly Benedict Cumberbatch's age. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Tom Cruise. What would, I've got something you're going to hate, Adam, but what would you, uh, where would you put Tom Cruise in the MCU? So I got starting to think about Tom, old Tommy boy. And I'm like, well, he's. He's, he's kind of got that... Oh, hold on. 
I just got a phone call. Uh, no, he's kind of got that arrogant persona about him. You know, at least to me, he kind of kind of seems arrogant. And I got to thinking, I'm like, who's the most arrogant comic character I could think of? And it's totally probably not the right age or anything, but I'm like, you know what? Tom Cruise would not make a bad Cyclops. Right? Oh. Could you see him pull that off? Yeah. Well, you made me think about Namor. No. Ooh, gross. No, not that. <laughs> He's to me Namor's the most arrogant character in the MCU. That's yeah, all. Yeah, or yeah. Marvel but, I mean Cyclops is up there. Cyclops is at least kind of what yeah. I got from him. I'm like I could see Cruz pull off a little Cyclops. It's always someone else's fault, not his, you know. Yeah. And we've already seen that Tom Cruise can reliably play a man married to a beautiful redhead that should be with somebody else, right? Exactly. (laughs) Did you have some thoughts, Rhiannon? I think I heard a ooh on on Cyclops. Yeah, I like the idea of Tom Cruise as Cyclops, but it might just be that he looks... No, I I think he would make a great Cyclops. Because there is kind of that arrogance. Um, but then I, the Jean Grey. Um, I'd have to go back and do a different Jean Grey. Yeah. Oh, for sure. All right, Adam, I'm thinking. I I, I think Tom Cruise is legitimately crazy. Like, I just think there's something wrong you with him. You are not going to give him and so, You make a Moon Knight. You make a no. Mark Spector, right? First of all, Spectre, Moon Knight is known for doing crazy stuff and beating up his body, right? Can you imagine the Tom Cruise approach to special effects on a Moon Knight movie? Like, Tom, we want a shot where Moon Knight jumps out of a helicopter and lands on somebody's back. All right, I'll do it. Well, no, no Tom, we're going to do it CGI. No, I want to do it real life. Like, it would be visceral action. He would break so many bones. It would be, it would be really entertaining entertainment i mean we i'd be totally up for it you hate ima- that though no could you imagine how much money that movie would make you tom cruise's moon knight yeah that'd just be ridiculous i don't like that casting, yeah though, but it'd make a lot of money you could even do it cheap forget cgi like just you know 40 million dollars and let tom cruise just run around jumping off like fire you know Make it uh, Mission Impossible 7. Stuff. That's all you need to do, except just add the crazy part to it, and it's good. Yeah, he's in the middle of a Mission Impossible mission, and then he gets in Egypt, and then he gets shot, and No Shoe shows up, and you're like, wait a second, this is, yeah. this is a Moon Knight movie. Uh, anybody have any Nicole Kidman thoughts? I do. Do you have Nicole yeah. Kidman thoughts? I do. Uh, I had Elsa Bloodstone. Really? I like that. That's very good. That's a lot better than mine. I had Emma Frost. Hmm. Oh. Not not the blonde bombshell aspect of it, but, you know, she could play good, she could play bad. I see it. You know, she could straddle that line, man. I like Elsa Bloodstone a lot more, though. I'm just not good at this. I don't know enough deep characters. Yeah, I don't know enough characters that haven't shown up yet, but... Well, okay, Adam, along the lines of what you just said, uh, Jamie Foxx was the next one I had on our list. And I've had the idea, I would love to see the Hellfire Club and Sebastian Shaw 
updated for like the 21st century, right? So forget the ascots, forget the smoking jacket. Like, make the Hellfire Club a literal, like, club with, like, hip-hop moguls in it. And Jamie Foxx is just this, like, silky smooth, awesome Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Shaw, who has, like, used his, used his powers to work his way, like, up the music industry game, you know? Like, it's the total reworking of the character, but that is where I went with Jamie Foxx. I could see that. I could see that. So, my uh, my first candidate for this role would be Yaya Abdul Mateen. Um, but since he's preoccupied being Black Manta and other things, I think Jamie Foxx would be a solid Nighthawk. Kyle Richmond, kind of the uh, I I don't know why, but I reverted to kind of his role in uh, Baby Driver. Um, yeah, he just seems like he would be, uh, kind of the, I don't know if I'm going to say that, kind of the Malcolm X almost of superheroes, almost radicalized, but I don't want to say radicalized, but he's, he's kind of like the Moon Knight. He hurts people and he doesn't care about hurting people. I was considering rage for a couple of these guys too. I think that could be an interesting character, particularly with what they did in that Falcon Captain America run with Rage, mm-hmm. where yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know he was like this expression of like no I'm not going to put up with this garbage anymore. Um, I think that could be very interesting for for one of these actors. So, or some super good books. That was a good run. I like that. All right. Okay, I got weirder and weirder as this one. So Will Smith. Do you have any idea how you would like to see Will Smith in the MCU? I had nothing for Will Smith. My uh, mind just instantly went to Deathlock. I don't know why. If it was like the Deadshot part of From Suicide Squad, that's where my mind instantly went. But I didn't I couldn't think of anything else serious. Hear me out. This may just... I, I, I started to struggle as we went on. J. Jonah Jameson. Just like... Yes. Will Smith just kind of because he can kind of do that like over the top frustrated like kind of thing i just think you could like i don't know give him a flat top and just like i don't know peter comes in he's like this is what what are you doing you know like i don't know i could see will smith uh chew it out peter parker i don't know that was another father-son one where then Jaden smith could be wolfman Uh Was that the name of the character? Mm, that's J. Jonah's question. son that he goes to the moon and becomes a wolf? Ah, comics. Uh, Alright, let's uh, burn through a few more of these. Uh, Johnny Depp. I don't think we want to see Johnny Depp in the MCU. But if we did, do you have any idea who you'd want him to be? Yeah, the uh, dumpster that Spider-Man changes behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh... But no, yeah, that was my serious answer, so I got nothing else. Yeah, I had Atuma. We could just, like, turn him into a weird crab uh, man. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> All right, uh, this one I think could be fun. Is there any way to put Adam Sandler in the MCU? I just got done reading this comic um, today, um, and I'm like, I think this would be excellent. Um, Matthew Rosenberg is writing it. A little multiple man, Jamie Madrix. 
I think oh. Adam Sandler could make that work. What What did you think of the James Franco multiple man idea? James Franco could make it work, I think. Whatever happened to that? That was a thing, wasn't it? But now it just it's whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, Fox happened. I don't know. <laughs> My Adam Sandler, the voice of Mojo. Like, that, like, whiny Adam Sandler voice running Mojo and the TV screens would make total sense. Mark Wahlberg. If you had to see Mark Wahlberg in a Marky Marvel movie. Mark. <laughs> First person I thought of and instantly wrote, wrote down was Rick Jones. Not for oh, the that's goofy, cool. Not for the goofy. Yeah, I just think, yeah, not really necessarily goofy Rick. I mean, if need be, he could be the goofiness. But it just seems like the dude that shows up everywhere to help. Uh, I had Kazar. Let Marky Mark be a, uh, a caveman. Okay. Yeah, man. Let him grow the hair out. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, this next one, I feel like, has actually happened, kind of. Uh, do you have anybody for The Rock? I originally had Hyperion, but then I'm like, nah, that can't work. So I deleted that, and I put Namor. And I said, nah, that can't work. So then I finally settled on Gladiator. I think if you gave him a mohawk and some face paint, little Shi'ar Imperial Guard action, I think he could, could pull that off. Oh, I'm going to jump in. What about the Rock as Doctor Doom? Wow, that would be interesting. I don't know if I've ever seen Doctor Doom that buff. It it could take it in a new direction. Okay, I don't know. It could take it in a new direction. No. Like a young Doctor Doom. Yeah. I don't know. I would pay good money to hear The Rock try to do a Latvian accent. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't strike me as as the king of accents, but yeah, that'd be interesting. Sorry, I I don't have much. I'm just jumping in with something. No, you're you're great. I'm sorry. We're not trying <laughs> no, to. Okay. Yeah, we're picking no. on you either. Um. So I had him as Hercules. Has he uh, already been Hercules in a movie? <laughs> I don't know. He's been in like the Mummy stuff. I don't know if he's right. Been, it seems like he's been Hercules at some point. I always forget Hercules is a comic character. Yeah, but particularly the way he is in Marvel, yeah, like he's yeah. this big, like bravado, like it would definitely be sort of that you're welcome Moana role that he kind of had, you know, like where he's just totally self confident. He thinks he's the best thing in the world. I think he can pull it off. They just had to find a way to give him hair. I feel like, well, I don't know. You can have a bald Hercules, whatever. Jack Black. If you're going to put Jack Black in a Marvel movie, do you know what he would do? I do. Pip the Troll. Jack Black. <laughs> I went the same way. Pip the Troll. Did you pick Pip? No, I, oh. I picked Puck from Alpha Flight. Oh, but it's okay. basically yeah, the yeah, same yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> same idea, yeah. Yeah, I think he's just a short little chubby comedic relief type character, you know? We were seeing a trailer the other day. I'm amazed how much Jack Black is a legit movie. Like, now it's kids' movies, but he does, like, a Goosebumps or a Night in the Museum or that kind of thing, like, once a year now. Like, he's a big deal with kids' entertainment, so. Uh, next to last one. Oh, this, I, I, I think I might have nailed this, but I don't know how you feel, Adam. Bruce Willis. Who'd you have? Vance Astro. Oh, man, I didn't even think of that. Oh, that's so Particularly good. Particularly the way that the oh, Ravagers have been set up is like, man. they're almost like the Expendables, right? Like it's, it's like exactly all these like what old action for. stars. Oh, that's so good. And so a Vance Astro Bruce Willis would be, yeah. aw- it'd be awesome. 
You could oh, totally so see good. him working with Ving Rhames and Michelle Yao and and uh, just him and Stallone in a movie yeah. together with the MCU. That'd be great. That's really good. That's really. I don't even want to say mine anymore. That's really good. <laughs> What'd you have? I had Old Man Logan, but that's bad. But I like Vance. Oh Mastro. yeah. No, I, I got it. Yeah, that's. I, I can see that. All right, last one because you demanded it, Adam. Keanu Reeves. Oh, I was joking about it. Everyone knows he's going to be Moon Knight. I mean, we don't even need to talk about that. He's Moon Knight. He's Mark Spector. It's a for sure. I mean, Kev called me the other day and says, Adam, are you okay with me casting Keanu as Moon Knight? And I said, yeah, that's all right, Mr. Feige. Go ahead. I love that he's calling you for advice, but you still call him Mr. Feige. That's, that's great. That's whatever, you know. Respect to who respect That's why he gets the right? phone calls and we don't. Yeah, you, guys <laughs> That's call right. him, you guys call him Kev and make fun of his hats. I never made fun of his hats. So I had Adam Warlock. I think kind of the way that they developed the Sovereign, particularly if he's like a brand new person that's kind of confused about, like a super powerful person that's new to the world, I feel like Keanu Reeves could, could do that. So You didn't have a Ben Affleck then? Oh, I didn't put a Ben Affleck in. Did you come up with one? I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I put Ben as my Reed. I think Ben would make a one hell of a Reed Richards. Especially after old grumpy Batman. So, if Affleck's Reed Richards, who's Sue? Nicole Kidman. Jennifer Garner. And then the Reed-Sue tension would be just as real as the comic books. (laughs) Palpable. No kidding. Of course, that would also be weird to see Daredevil and Elektra as Reed and Sue Richards as well. Oh, like, that's right. That would be odd. Well, it happened with Human Torch and Captain America for the better. The irony is I thought that this podcast would not have any content, and so I stretched stuff out, and now it's an hour and a half long. So I don't know how that happened, but all right, we'll finish up. Uh, Mailbag. Uh, Love Waffle um, had left some comments on the site. Uh, about James Gunn and about some other things and um, he was talking about Cloak and Dagger and how impressed he's been um, that they've uh, brought in he talked about how there's kind of some interesting callbacks to other comics uh, particularly uh, the reverse fridging Uh, obviously we always talk about Green Lantern and the fridging of a woman and this was the fridging of the boyfriend so that was interesting Uh, Jermon Martinez Alonzo was uh, how sad, it was very sad that at Brooklyn Wallace has been taken on Twitter. He said that that, uh, that imminent change being announced every week was his favorite part of the podcast. I'll come up with something else. I'll come up with some sort of other imminent change to tease. Michael T. Ford has been in the live cast and he's been giving us some. Uh, he wants Brad Pitt as Mr. Sinister. Um, he uh, was talking about Clooney as a possible Uncle Ben. I could see George Clooney married to um, Marissa Tomei. That makes sense. Um, he also, he had Meryl Streep as Madam Web independently with me. So I was very happy that we happened to both get that very obscure character. Uh, he doesn't think Blue Marvel talks like uh, Denzel. So I'll let you and Adam fight about that one. Uh, he liked the idea of Hathaway as Jean Grey. Um, and he was with Cyclops for Tom Cruise as well, and Emma Frost as Nicole Kidd. Adam, you and him are right on target, man. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson's son is Man-Wolf, not Werewolf. That's my bad. 
And he was wondering about Will Smith as Reed Richards. I think that's interesting. Um, <laughs> he says, Kazar, a caveman with a Boston accent. That would be awesome. Uh, and he also uh, uh, liked The Rock. Uh, oh, he was asking about The Rock as the thing in the Fantastic Four. The irony there would be would be lovely. So. All right. That does it for the show. I've got to read the thing. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can interact with us lots of ways. Send us messages on Twitter at Marvel News Desk. You can also communicate with us via uh, the MarvelNewsDesk.com post each week. If you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. You get access to the special MCU film ranking episode. Uh, that's available only to our Patreon supporters, as well as early access to videos like the Road to Infinity Supercut. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com um, slash Marvel News Desk. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Uh, you can help the show be more visible if you want to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Number one most important thing, though, is you listen every week and you tell your friends, and we're very appreciative. Thanks to Tim Cox for the logo. He's on Instagram at Tim B. Cox, And thanks to Alvin for the theme music. His music is on a variety of social media platforms as at the Skull School. All right. I think that does it for this week. Definitely follow us on YouTube for the Deadpool contest. And we'll uh, talk to you guys later.